All-timer today. we got Scott Van Pelt for about an hour. We're going to cover a ton of stuff. Uh, NBA playoff team draft. We'll talk about some of the superstars. His thought on Tiger at Augusta and some other stuff as well. i got life advice with Van Pelt and then also some non-Van Pelt life advice. But we'll start it off with storylines. The top storylines for the NBA playoffs. And be sure you're subscribed so that you can get Thursday's episode. We're going to have Todd McShay and Daniel Jeremiah on at the same time talking NFL draft. It's going to be terrific. It's Ryan Rosillo podcast presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs and FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter-player props player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming, so please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and older, 18 plus in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode of the Ryan Rosilla Podcast is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's French fries changed my life. They taught me to want. They taught me the taste of anticipation. There's no wrong way to eat a French fry from McDonald's unless you're eating my French fries. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. Today, we're going to start with an NBA Open on playoff storylines. I don't know that they're always the top storylines or in order and ranking all this stuff. You may even feel a little bit slighted because I don't talk about your team a ton, but there's a lot to get to here, so let's run through it. The headline is the Phoenix Suns. Their resume is incredible. We know it. They're 64-18 and 18 to finish the season. They're 11 games better than the Miami Heat. Uh, they actually had a better record last year than any team in the East as well as a two-seed uh, to the Utah Jazz. Their clutch numbers are ridiculous. They went 33-9 and nine in games deemed as clutch. During that clutch time at the end of games, their net rating was plus 33 points. Uh, Milwaukee was second best at just under plus 16 points. So they were double the second best team in those scenarios. We know that they also are just better than they were last year. They're deeper, which I thought was a huge mistake last season, not having any other big that they could throw out there, especially in a Giannis type of matchup. Sharich getting hurt. He was kind of their small ball five. That didn't help, but they just didn't have enough options. They have more options now. And as we've said, they're a better basketball team. But are they mad? Because that's going to be the deal here. Ironically, Phoenix, right? Rising from the ashes. The redemption tour, if they were to win an NBA championship and what that would mean. Uh, if they were to pull this off, we've had 14 teams that lose in the finals that came back the next year to win an NBA championship. That seems like a big number, but when you think about basketball, it actually makes sense because if you're good enough to get to a finals, it means you probably have a good enough core to have a two- or three-year window, especially growing up for me. The teams that were good were good for like five or six years, so it actually makes sense. The are-they-mad part of this, though, right? Because understanding, let's think back to the San Antonio Spurs, the first of the two matchups against the Miami Heat. When they lost that first finals, that was ripped from them, all right? The engraving was happening. And when Ray Allen hits that three, and you're like, all right, wait, we lost, then you end up losing game seven. The whole storyline that entire season was San Antonio was so mad, they were looking for revenge, and that's exactly what they got. And they were dominant in the NBA finals in the rematch against Miami, which also led to LeBron looking around going, you know what, I think I'm out of here now. Um, it hasn't been that same type of storyline for Phoenix because them blowing the 2-0 lead to Milwaukee, it, even though they blew it, as you watched it play out, you're like, all right, Giannis is taking it up another level. Nobody's as good as him, and he's going ahead and he's dominating this, right? Um, 
it was more understandable. It wasn't as dramatic uh, a loss in the finals as it was for San Antonio against Miami. So I feel like those two things are a little bit different. And then, of course, the final piece of this entire storyline will be if the Phoenix Suns pull this off, would people look at Chris Paul and say, you know what, you know, because none of us really change our minds about anything. All right. I, I, I've said this numerous times. Uh, I don't believe that every winner is a winner. And I don't think every loser is actually a loser. Everybody knows my Chris Paul position here, but it'll be kind of interesting. Well, it's going to be really interesting. What kind of storylines and if, if it becomes he figured some things out or whatever. Um, we know how good they are. We know how good the team is. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens with that one. All right. Milwaukee on the other side of this, they are leaders in the given the benefit of the doubt clubhouse, and they deserve it. The record with Drew, Giannis, and Middleton all playing together is a terrific record. Brooke Lopez has been back. If you look at some of the rim protection numbers in just a short amount of time of him coming back from the back injury, uh, they've been really good. But I think we wanted it to be better. But I also think, as I've tried to remind us all, that we're in this year three of a weird season, even though this was the most normal one of the previous two, there's still kind of this carryover of what the new normal is. And I do think the league has some other issues with, you know, as we've touched on, even Silver talking about guys resting and missing games and all that kind of stuff. Does it also leak into the regular season where a team like Milwaukee, who's only won one title here, goes into the next season just so confident that they don't have to take it as seriously? Because if Milwaukee were to win, just like we would with any result. If they win another title, go back to back, we'll say, hey, we never should have been worried about it. And if they don't win, we'll be like, you know, they gave us a few signs along the way that they weren't really as locked in as they were the previous year because the numbers tell you they're a different basketball team in some of the different important categories. Uh, but we know how good they can be. Now, a lesser version of that, because they're not getting the benefit of the doubt, the Atlanta Hawks are the most disappointing team in the East. I like this team. I was wrong about them coming into this year. I thought going through the battles, Trey Young showing that toughness, um, the guy that looked least scared in that Philadelphia series, which means a lot to me when I'm evaluating a player. I don't know why getting to the Eastern Conference Finals would empower you to think, yeah, we're cool. We're good. I mean, they were below 500 up until not that long ago. Uh, they closed with a with a nice record. They won seven of their last nine. Charlotte in the play-in game. They're two and two against the Hornets. Uh, Hayward only played in two of those games. They won one. They lost one. Uh, the big options for Charlotte are not good all season long. That's been their biggest problem. It's kind of an even worse version of what the Phoenix Suns had in the playoffs last year. But Atlanta, I'll pick them in this playing game, and they could end up in the playoffs. Are they going to beat Miami? Is it a 1-8 matchup? I mean, I guess they could get to the 7. Uh, it's it's possible. But I just, I don't know, man. I, this I, I feel like some of the concerns that I had about them that I kind of dismissed because of the playoff run last year. It's like, okay, that was a nice Eastern Conference appearance, but you're still a very young team trying to figure yourself out. Why would you have been a team that just didn't seem to take the regular season all that seriously? And I know that John Collins has missed time. I know that you've had injuries. Look around the league, fan bases. Change the channel because almost every team other than the Celtics prior to losing to Rob Williams, you know, it felt like, hey, we've been missing our guys for long stretches. So you're not that different from a lot of the other teams. You just had a much uh, worse record for a team that I think has a lot of nice pieces. All right, let's talk about the Warriors. Their big three has played 11 minutes total this season together. Right when Draymond got back, Steph Curry was out. His status for game one of the playoffs is in doubt. Uh, I'm going to share a little behind the curtain with you. Right before the Celtics game, I taped an open the night before for the next morning because the rest of the podcast was done. I never do that. Rarely. All right. I, I don't know. how. Maybe I'll do it once every few months. And I did it for the Warriors saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to buy in. I'm ready to start believing again. 
And then Marcus Smart rolled up on Curry and I called up Kyle to frolic room. And luckily Kyle was with us. And I go, hey, can you delete that? Because I don't think this is the best time to have this drop tomorrow morning after we have no idea what's going to happen with Curry. All right. The other problem for the Warriors is the lack of size, which is going to come into play at some point. Wiggins, his post all-star numbers, he just hasn't looked like the same player. It, going from 18 to 16 a game isn't that big of a deal. The three-point shooting has dropped off from 41 to 34%. The positive, though, is Wiggins has dipped offensively as a lot of that stuff's gone into Jordan Poole as Poole's also filled in for the Curry absence here. His post-All-Star numbers, 23-4-5, 47-41% shooting splits on nine three-point attempts per game. All right? That's that's ridiculous. Uh, and I think that's what Golden State's going to hope to have with a healthy Curry is a pool clay Curry combo that's just really tough to guard. And against Denver, I do like them against the Nuggets. I don't like single offenses. I don't want to get a huge MVP argument about this thing because it's going to be really annoying if Denver were to lose in the first round. All the MVP truthers out there being like, oh, see, see what happened. Um, yeah, all right, whatever. I mean, we seem to want to give out the Heisman again to somebody different after the national championship in college football. We're not going to be any different with the MVP conversation around this. So I do like Golden State in this series, but the 11 minutes together and still the uncertainty around Steph doesn't make you feel great. I just don't think that Denver really defends all that well. And I do think that the single-minded offenses, that heliocentric stuff, which you get to Dallas here in a second, it's not always my favorite. So that takes us to Utah and Dallas. I'm not going to break down every series like this, so don't worry about it. Um, Dallas has done two incredible things as far as turnarounds. One's good and one isn't. Their clutch numbers prior to where they were at, I think around the trade deadline, so it actually sorts out here, so it's still before the deadline, February 2nd. Before that number, they were minus 34.5 points in clutch scenarios. Since that time, they're plus 41.6, which is even better than the Phoenix Suns that we talked about at the top. That's absurd, but that's come at a cost because they've gone smaller with all these shooters. Luca just zipping it out to everybody. He's as locked in as we'd ever seen prior to this injury, which is important here. Um, but the defense has suffered about eight points per 100 possessions, and it, and it checks out. The big storyline for Dallas wasn't so much Luke at the beginning of the year. It was, wait, they play defense now on top of everything else? And they did. And I actually think even though the defensive numbers have dropped because of the small stuff, I do like that Porzingis can't be attacked and some of those late closing lineups. But I was thinking about picking Utah just to because I feel like everybody like loves Dallas. And when you look at kind of where they're at, you're like, are they really that much better than Utah actually is? Here's this, the concern about picking Utah. I'm a little afraid Dallas is going to do a Clippers in the playoffs against Utah or Gobert, and it's not even his fault. Him being asked to protect the rim and then close out to the short corner uh, against the Clippers was impossible for anybody. It's just that hard. The problem is, as we know with Gobert, is he doesn't make you pay on the other end when you go small. And I think Dallas will probably do that because that's actually probably some of the best lineups that they have. But with the Luka injury and the calf strain and still the uncertainty there, I'm going to go ahead and pick Utah in this series, which I don't think anybody else is going to do. All right, let's go back to some of the other ones. Real quick, Memphis, completely off the radar. If they had Ja for the full season, would we be talking about him a little bit differently as a really strong two-seed that could come out of the West? I think we deserve to at least acknowledge it's a possibility. I don't think it's some other team that has a high seed that I go, ah, I don't see it. Uh, they'd be the youngest team ever average age to be in the NBA Finals. If Ja played the whole season, he's probably top five in MVP. I would have had him as a first-team All-NBA player. And yet they still win all their games when Ja doesn't play either. Jaron Jackson being healthy all season is another big part of this turnaround, the development of the rest of the guys. They seem to have a million bodies that they can throw at you, and they also are tough. They're not afraid. They check all those emotional boxes that I really like. 
but it, it still feels like maybe in the shadow of Phoenix and because Jaws missed so much time, I don't know that they really talked about all that much, but I'm not going to put them down as some sort of surprise entry out of the West because I've just seen that team roll and play with this sort of connected joy that you don't see from a lot of basketball teams. Miami out East. I've joked already before, if they were in the finals, I'd be like, yeah, I'm still not sure. I don't love their offense. I really don't love their clutch offense, which finishes at 24th. I think you can slow them down and they can become a little predictable. If it's a good matchup where Bam can exploit the other big because he's going to make him have to be so active defending him because Bam is so incredible, then that's a huge advantage for Miami. There's other offensive playoff teams that are worse than Miami. Cleveland, who's 20th, who, as much as I love the Cleveland story, I just don't like that there's a not another efficient on the ball offensive creator where Levert to me plays with nine guys watching. Uh, Golden State's 18th in offense since the All Star break behind Miami. Not sure that means anything with the Steph injury. Toronto's 19th. We know their deal. We'll get to them. Chicago's 25th. The Bulls since being 26 and 10 or 20 and 26. There is no chance they win that Buck series. Uh, the sweep numbers, you know me on sweeps. I actually think sweeps are really hard because I think teams go, this team sucks. We're going to sweep them, and then they lose a game because they let up emotionally. Um, so maybe not a sweep there. One other quick thing in the East here, as I mentioned, Boston, you know, who prior to the Rob Williams thing had probably the best stretch of the of the contending teams of health and kind of knowing who everybody was and overhauling the pieces around Jalen uh, and Marcus and and Tatum. Um, was important because it was you know too many times it's like hey we're doubled up here two came to Tatum let's go to Dennis Schroeder who's just kind of doing his own thing Derek White moves the ball better shot even though the shooting numbers aren't great with Boston but you understand the point like they they move some things around and the, the entire attitude overhaul again unlike anything I've ever seen I know that the reports are that Horford and Jalen Brown are not vaccinated Jalen Brown had a quote on it where he was like I'm not going to share my medical stuff as a member of the Players Association okay. The push for Boston towards the end of the season, because I know Bill and I talked about it on Sunday, and I felt like, well, I think Milwaukee just wanted to play Chicago. And he said, well, you've given up game seven to Boston if that's the second round matchup, which isn't exactly something that you want to do. But I think Milwaukee with their resume is like, okay, fine. If we're really who we think we are, we're not going to be that worried about it. But there was also a bunch of stuff going around about Boston avoiding Toronto because the unvaccinated players, and that's really why they were trying to win games. I said throughout the last couple of weeks, I thought it was really hard for a team to plan and navigate seeding based on matchup stuff because there were so many other moving parts around it. So if Boston, who had the tiebreaker over Milwaukee, I guess it was the fifth tiebreaker. I'm going to spare you the details on that one. If Boston had ended up falling behind Milwaukee with one less win, then Boston would have played Chicago because Toronto gained four games on Chicago in the last 10. So if Boston mapped it out to avoid Toronto, I don't know how they did it because they wanted to win the last game because at that point it was already sealed you're going to play Chicago or you were going to play the seven, whoever ends up being the seven in the playing game. Um, but Boston also sat Tatum and Horford at the Milwaukee game that they were competitive in, but Milwaukee had all of their guys. So my point is, is for every time you think you've un uncovered the like, you wouldn't really know until the last couple of days anyway. Like the only one that made a ton of sense was Denver didn't care about their last game because they didn't think they were going to catch Utah and maybe they'd rather play Golden State anyway because they knew Utah wasn't going to lose to Portland in the last game. So it didn't really matter for them. So I've just always felt like the maneuvering was very hard, even if like everybody was obsessed with missing Brooklyn on all these different things. I'm not sure you could actually figure out your plan because of all the other moving pieces. All right, back to the playoff breakdowns. 
I'm going to just kick this one around. I like the Clippers to beat Minnesota in the one play-in game. The Clippers are going to throw Norman Powell, Paul George, who's not always my favorite playoff guy, but he's redeemed himself somewhat from what we had last season. And Ty Lu being one of the best coaches in the NBA, I think for a game, they might be able to get Minnesota. That's not anti-Minnesota. It's just a little pro-Clippers for you here, and I still don't think Kawhi's going to actually play. Um, I think Minnesota will be fine if they end up having to play the winner of Pelican Spurs. Uh, the Pels have actually figured some stuff out here with CJ and Ingram in the lineup together after a slow start. They've won eight of the last 10, and I just don't think the Spurs are all that good. All right, let's go back east because this may be the headline. Philly, Toronto for the what could happen here. Let's run over some numbers again. Philadelphia is one and three against Toronto this season, the regular season. Now, Sixers fans who are super worked up to begin with, we get it. Uh, Joel's played three games this year. And you're also going to say, well, Harden only played two of those. Okay, and Thibel only played in two. And he's not going to play in a ton more except for those home games because you know he's not vaccinated and not going to be eligible to play in those games, which is a problem now because now those minutes that would go to Thibel, who I love his versatility. I love his anticipation as a defense player, not just an on-ball defender, not a guy that does a great job of getting back, contesting a three, and then turning back around and blocking him. I mean, he's incredible. He also, and I don't think this should be that hard, when you're running an action to one side and then you know the skip pass is coming to the corner because that corner is left open, Thibault will bait you into making that play and then he just picks it off. I think more people should do this. Marcus Smart's always been pretty good at this too. But he's not going to be a guy playing in every game this series. So as I mentioned, who hasn't played for Philadelphia and what isn't a great record against the Raptors? Raptors fans are like, hey, Rosillo, we know you hate us. Uh, not true. Not for all of you. I think it's a northern section of Toronto. But Van Vliet only played one game against the Sixers. Pascal missed one. OG missed three. And Scotty Barnes missed one as well. And it's very hard for anybody that watched the full game of Philly at Toronto that didn't have Van Vliet or OG in that game to end the regular season to watch that game and go, wait, <laughs> this, this doesn't look great. It just doesn't. It doesn't. And Bede's going to get a million points. The size advantage that Philadelphia has with Embiid against the front line for Toronto is going to be a problem for Toronto. Now, Embiid may just run through them and get a ton of points, but how does the rest of the stuff play out here? Because there is something that's really alarming um, with Philadelphia. Since the Harden trade, they're giving up 65% field goal percentage in transition. Now, that number should always be a little high because it's in transition. You usually have an advantage. Sometimes you go to the rim. Nobody does anymore. They just shoot wide open threes and trailers. But 65% in transition is the worst in the NBA, and it coincides with Harden, whose traditional numbers across the board, if you said, hey, Harden's not that bad. It's 21, 10, and 7, nine free throws to Philadelphia, but it just hasn't looked good. He does His movement doesn't look the same. The finishing at the rim is right there with his career lows post his rookie year. Maybe it's a simple thing, and it would be funny if this were to happen, if Harden got back in transition. Someone should tell you, tell him he's allowed to do it. You can do it. Once you take the shot and you miss and the other team's guy is running back the other way, you can go with him too. It would also be hilarious if this adjustment were made and somebody were like, yeah, our analytics crew, we just dug deep. And you know, the video coordinators, incredible staff, we just kind of went through it. We found this little thing, this small adjustment. We're like, hey, when the other guy goes, you go with him. Maybe Harden will do that. Um, he doesn't always like to do the extra stuff that involves moving at times. And that leads to like the bigger thing with Philadelphia is what if they lose in the first round? Because if you had to rake the teams on what could happen in the offseason, the team's most likely to change after a disappointing exit. Would Philly be first? I, I don't know if you can put them first. I think we'd assume Doc might be out. Um, 
Embiid is who you'd build your team around, so I'm not I'm not getting crazy here. The Harden part, because you're never quite sure, like, would he actually bounce? <laughs> uh, I would never say anything's impossible there, but I'd have to think that Harden has a pretty good idea that that extension's there for him with Philadelphia, which also would pay him over $60 million in the 2027 20, season, I think, which sounds like a horrifying number, but as I said throughout, I don't blame NBA teams for operating this way, going, how about we just extend our window now, even though it's not perfect and those numbers at the end are horrifying because it's better than the other option of not knowing what our options are. So that's why teams do those deals that will go, oh, I can't believe they did that at the very end. It's like, yeah, I actually can believe they did it because it's really hard to figure out a way to have an alternative path to talented players, even if Harden isn't somebody we're all in love with. So I wouldn't put Philly at the top of this. I'd put Utah at the top because I think it could be a coach thing. I think it could be a front office deal. Uh, I could see Donovan Mitchell, if they were to be bounced in the first round, going, all right, I've done my time here and I'm out of here. And I don't like to phrase it that way because he's been really successful and it's worked out, but it hasn't been the team success or maybe the individual accolades that he wants. Or maybe the Jazz say, Let's get in front of the Donovan Mitchell thing and tell him that we're going to explore offers for Gobert because we just need to split it up. And as great as Gobert is, the regular season and what he provides consistently and rim protection and screens and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, if they bounce in the first round, I could see the team saying, all right, let's try something else. As far as a third team, a sneaky team in the offseason overhaul rankings here that I've just sort of made up on the fly, let's see what happens with Atlanta because it is a talented team and it hasn't worked out. And if they said, let's just go three for one, let's even three for one, some picks, maybe we're overpaying on talent for the next guy to change things and maybe upgrade who our number two option is. I think I could see Atlanta doing that. In the NBA play tournament, there are no sure things except one bet at least $20 in same game parlays on FanDuel Sportsbook and you'll get an instant bonus win or lose. That's right. Not only do you get to enjoy the NBA's best duking it out for the right to advance in the playoffs, but FanDuel's giving all customers a bonus for getting in on the action. Oh, and the more you bet, the bigger your bonus. So I'm going to take a look at a couple options here. All right. I kind of am just going to go with it. I like the Clippers plus three against Minnesota. I like Minnesota. I think they have all this momentum and everything, but I don't know. The Clippers are like a completely different team right now towards the end of it. I think Minnesota is still in the playoffs. As far as another play-in game here, Atlanta's laying five to a Charlotte team that they did split with during the regular season. But I don't like Charlotte's front line at all. So maybe you could combine an Atlanta play here with also over 12.5 points for Clint Capella. So there you go. Get a little creative with a couple different options for you. FanDuel is an official partner of the NBA. Their app is safe, easy to use, and you get your winnings fast. New to FanDuel Sportsbook. Sign up today with promo code Ryan, R-Y-E-N. Ryan is a promo code. Please plug that in there so they know that we're doing this for you to make every moment more. So don't just watch the NBA playing tournament. Be a part of it. Bet at less $20 in same-game parlays and get an instant bonus win or lose. Must be 21 and older and present in select states only. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire in seven days. Max bonus $100. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, PA, Virginia, or 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, one 
877-8 Hope New York or text Hope New York 467-369 New York. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net West Virginia. This episode is supported by State Farm. So look, a little rock hit your dude's windshield on the highway. And at first you're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just a little mark. Nope. Now by the end of the ride, it's a big crack. And it'd been a while. So I check out the State Farm app. I go, hey, this is what happened. And the funny thing is, is I was like, do I want to go app first or do I call old school guy? Probably should call. I was like, let's check out the app. Not only did it take a minute to get done, they set up the glass replacement. They told me the estimate ahead of time, said, do you want to go ahead with it? And I was like, now I understand it's all in front of me, all done. I don't even have to talk to anybody. That's how efficient the insurance game has become. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, just like I did, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. The app was so good, I didn't even need to do that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. I believe he was one of the audience members for Chelsea Handler up late. It is Scott Van Pelt from SportsCenter who joins us as well. How's it going? How are you, my friend? Good. He has, uh, this is the 2015 edition of the Print the Shirt shirt with me wearing a Golden State Warriors t-shirt. Um, yeah. I forget the name of the artist who did it. He, he was a basketball player and he broke his leg and he said he was bored and he'd like to make t-shirts. So he's like, do you want me to make you up some Rosillo t-shirts? All right. So that shirt now is seven years old. What was this? That was a little before it was mainstream to have some of those cotton fiber polyester blends. So what, what yeah. are we talking about here? What, what, what make is that shirt? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out the thread count right now. I mean, there's, there's a stretchiness to it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like the 100% cottons we used to wear back in the day as kids that now if you put it on, you feel like you're starched stiff, right? Like you're just like, what the fuck is this, right? It's, a, it's, it's comfy. I, look, I, I, wore this, uh, I wore this frequent rotation, not out of rotation in the summer that we got these. And there, people love them. Hey, where can I get one? You can't. That's the key. You, unless, you con- unless you contact Rosilla, who may have a gross of them. I don't know. Yeah, I have a ton of stuff left over, and I've never known what to do with it. I, I guess I assumed at some point my kids would enjoy it, and then they could pass it on. How's that but working out? You're not great. Now we just have a lot of shirts, not that many kids. It's <laughs> time, though. I, I'm proof. I'm your, I'm your GPS. I'm your blueprint. There's still time. Before we get to the golf and other stuff, I'm going to share. I, maybe I don't do this right away, but I don't know that I should do it, but I'm going to do it. I was buying deli meat the other day at my local butcher shop, here in Manhattan Beach. And sure. I was I was watching a kid, boy, I don't know, six, eight. I'm not great with it, with his dad. He was buying a plastic shovel and they were loading up at the market and they were gonna run down to the beach for the afternoon. And the kid was like, Can I get the shovel? 
And the dad was like, yeah, get the shovel. And I just sat there and watched it all. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you staring at these people and buying the shovel? And then I was like, oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. You're getting a little old and you're watching a dad with his kid. And you're like, they're about to have the best time digging sand, maybe some carbonated fruit sodas. Who knows? So yeah. I'm okay. I was, it, was, it was a quick blip. I got my turkey chicken breast load up, horse head, you know the deal. And we're back. We're back to normal. But I don't know why well, I'm wait. sharing that with you. Well, wait, I know. Uh, let's, let's explore that. Let's explore. Uh, is there, what, what's that feeling about? Are you looking at it and thinking, hey, I bet that, I bet that dad and his youngster are about to have a good time. Because let me tell you about that. They they are, but don't get nostalgic and think that it's just all a good time. That kid went down and, and threw a fit and got pissed off because they couldn't get ice cream. Okay, that's that that maybe that happened, or maybe this kid's just great and all it is is happy times and you know smiles and with pops. But uh, the road is filled with <laughs> potholes, my man. There's there's some difficulty, and just trying to keep people, you know, keep accord, keep peace among the different kingdoms in the and the house but i'm interested in you seeing that though and getting a little bit i don't know what a little pang a little pang in your heart i love that i can't believe i told i can't believe i told you that and then it's funny because whenever i'll have i think all of us have these little moments of just any sort of like what if the path were different because who Mm -hmm. knows you're right that kid probably spilled the that soda then asked for his dad's soda spilt that one broke the fucking shovel probably and then you know got sent to bed early but I think it's a bit like Zillow, where I think Zillow is incredibly popular because people open it up thinking their life's going to change. <laughs> <laughs> they go like, yeah. it's not just houses and what's the HOA. You know, when you start looking at places in Chicago, you're like, right. wait, wait, that that's a nice price. But like, oh, the HOA is 3,800 pass. And, you know, you'll look at Zillow going like, what if, uh, what if I checked out Whitefish? Montana? Yeah, there you go. What huh? if, uh, what if, uh. What if I got, you know, something, what if I just said, fuck it, I'm going to move to the Caribbean and, and watch what I could do it. Right. Forget yeah. LA, forget this, this competitive, I'm sick of competing. Right. I'll go down there. I'll be a, a boat captain. And I'll watch NBA games and have a pretty decent podcast to boot. There you go. But, and, but you saw these, you saw the dad and the son and all you heard in your head was like Ben fold singing. It's so weird to be back here. <laughs> everybody knows yeah you heard it in your head in your heart we're wow still fi- you, we're, we're still fighting it you dropped some ben folds on us that was incredible that was pretty good towards the end too i think you really found the harmony well, without, I, I had without to, i had to hear it yeah without I mean, the backup yeah without the harmony song, by the way a great hey, song. i had a big ben fold stretch how much fun did you have drinking beers outside of ben folds in the late 90s toads in new haven this side, ba 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 da ba ba, and then you're did over you here. Did you go? Ba da ba 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 da ba, and then you're over here with ba 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 ba, and then you got you wanted to be that one. Ba da ba 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 ba, you wanted to be that side, not this side. I so you were go. there. Yeah. Oh wow. I was the ba 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 da ba. I was that side. That's army. Did you ever run into him? Because I, I mean, he's a Virginia guy, though, right? No, but I actually, this is a true story. I don't know why. Well. I know, well, you told me a shovel story. I bought a uh, Ben Foles is a photographer, and he did a Waffle House picture, a Waffle House, and the, I knew a guy that knew the guy, and then I got ben, ben signed it to me, so I got a Waffle House picture from Ben Foles. No big deal. Got it hanging up in the uh, in the uh, be- a bedroom. 
the black and white Waffle House picture. I think Ben Folds is a great topic, though, because I've heard people be like, oh, Ben Folds, you know, later on. Like, hey, you know what? Fuck off. I really liked it for a bunch of years. I thought it was terrific. I thought it was different. He was doing something different. He was super into it. They were catchy tunes. They were fun. Jamming um, on the piano. Yeah. And, and some of them were a little, you know, you start going to some of the deeper cuts. He wasn't screwing around. He could mix it up. He could he could do like a Steve Carell, sad, happy, funny thing. He could he could do the it whole all. Bit. I'm the not going to ever apologize for really liking Ben Folds for a while there. I don't. I, I don't know that. I didn't know that that was a topic where you were going to get impeached for for liking it. But uh, nah, you know, it's younger people. Well, that's fine. They can they can listen yeah. to it. put on Jack Harlow and have a nice. He's got a new new one out. Great question. I actually have this on my list. What's the last new music that you allowed yourself to be like? I'm in. My God, Hall and Oates, dude. Like, huh? The harmonies. Uh, I don't even know. I have a friend that was like, "Hey, you can make fun of Hall and Oates. You like twelve of their songs right now, and you don't even know." Well, you like, you need to know. Hold on, let's see what the let's see what I bought most recently. Because right, you haven't been to a movie since you got married, right? Probably not. Man, I bought Wave Gods from Nas. Like I bought that. You bought it? You don't have a subscription? I I don't, I, I don't know how that works. I, all right, wait a minute. Some, you don't have almost, a subscription to sure, Spotify? I got it. I got I got it. I don't. I clicked the thing where you get the songs. <laughs> I don't have any new good. I don't have any new music. I bought Noel by Josh Groban at Christmas time because he sings a great version of that. God, I'm. What's sadder than me right now? Okay, uh, I just this is what I'm always. What's new that you've done? Music, gr- TV, or or anything? I just I have a lane that I occupy, and I just stay in it. I watch games, then I do a show, then I pick up the kids, and it's not all buying a new bucket and shuffle. It's just trying to keep people alive until dinner. Um, I wish that were funny. The dads out there are like, "Yep, that's pretty much it." Uh, I, what's new? I don't do anything new. Maybe this is not the best advertisement for fatherhood. Um, it's great. The parts about it that are great, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't do a lot. I enjoy travel, but I go to the same places. I always go, go down to the keys, same bit. Went to Turks and Caicos this fall. You should go down there and be a boat captain. I've been. And then what'd you a little, think? A little slow for me. There you go. They got a casino. We went down there. So. No, I went. I went. Everybody loses at that casino. Not um, me. You won there? A little bit. A little oh, bit. look at you. Maybe they much. knew. Everybody's no, convinced it's fixed. People, who's worse than fixed guy? I mean, really just, I want you to look at the number of things that have to happen <laughs> over, the, over the course of a game to convince yourself that in the end that it was orchestrated. I mean, come on. Be, be an adult and just try to rationalize how it how it could happen so you think because calvin ridley got caught from behind in that chiefs game that he didn't bet against him he didn't have a he didn't have a two three teamer on there i ask who's worse than it's fixed guy screenshot guy of this this guy was wide open which you realize in real time sure for that moment and then two frames later there's a defensive back in the in the picture right Look, people, you can convince yourself anything you want. I don't I don't think Calvin Ridley was firing off nine nine team parlays where he was laying down because of it. Oh, wait, I think, yeah, but he did have some eight gamers or something. I'll book, 
But just as a, as a public service to all your podcast listeners, Ryan and I will book all of your eight-team parlay action because those don't win a lot. I guess all you have to hit is one for us to be broke, but I'll take the chance on that. Yeah, you were big, you were big on um, – that's not a great endorsement for some of the reads that I have on this podcast, so oh. we'll just keep it moving here. No, no, you should – everyone should bet. Just don't bet eight-game parlays. Or if you do, bet them with Ryan and I. We'll, we'll book them on the side. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's get to some of the headlining stuff. How many, uh, uh, how many trips to Augusta is this for you? This past one. It's so sad to say out loud because it's It's the cool, the one I went to, but when you go, Jesus, it was 25 years ago. I, I went in 97 for the first time, which was 25 years ago. I haven't been to everyone. I missed a couple, but not many since. So it's, it's gotta be more than 20 that, that, that we've been there. What was the first one like? I mean, it's the kind of thing where I think it, you knowing who he became and what he did in 97 when he won the way he did. He's 21. He breaks every record. And you're like, geez, oh God, this is what this guy's going to do, right? It, it invites you to turn it into, oh, we all thought. I mean, no one thought for sure. I mean, the guy shot 40 his first nine on Thursday. And you thought, oh, man, it's a little bit much for the young guy. And then he shoots 30 on the second nine. He's right in the mix. And by Saturday night, he's got like a nine-shot lead. And Sunday became this, this is what this is what he is kind of day, which that's really cool to look back on and, and know that, that, that he became what they thought he would. Um, and so it, it, was, it, was, it was amazing in that sense where the – it's, I mean, people can say whatever they want about LeBron, right? But he was on the cover and he was the chosen one. And whatever he has or hasn't become in your eyes, uh, he's lived up to the sense of he'd be something big, right? Well, Tiger in 97 dropped the, you know, threw down the gauntlet and said, this is, this is who I am. And then, you know, he won 15 total. So it, it, was, it was the moment that everything really did change and he became that guy. So compare that now to this one. I mean, we all know the career legend. And by the way, sure. I want to share something with you that I've shared, I think, twice in the last week on other podcasts. But when Tiger came back after his marriage and the family things, the disaster at the time, we were doing the shows together. Mm -hmm. And Tiger's like going to come back for the Masters. And I'm like, wait, why would you come back for this? Like, get a couple under your belt. And you said the smartest thing, which was, no, 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 no you don't understand Augusta when he goes there, once he's through the gates, like it's, it's just the golf part of it. He's going to be so protected there. Mm -hmm. and granted, it's another chance in a major and he doesn't think he's going to lose to anybody. So why can't he just go back out there and play it? And, and now when I kind of thought of it in coming back and playing this again, it's a major, you know, he's still anybody that thinks that he doesn't think like, Hey, if I can't put together four great days, like maybe I get a chance at another one. And I'm still chasing Jack. But I think that the culture of Augusta, the culture of the masters is a big part of why he was out there playing this weekend. Don't I mean, you're the one that told me and told me I was wrong and you were right about it. And it, it was something I certainly thought about as he returned this past week. It's the most hassle-free major there is because I mean, when you go to the, when you go to Southern Hills, whoever he may, he may not, but whoever shows up for the PGA, it's, it'll be great. And there'll be lots and lots of people and people that are kind of right there at the ropes to try to get close and ask for a signature and all the rest. Same deal. When you go to Brookline for the U S open, same deal. When you go to St. Andrews uh, in July for the open championship, Augusta national and the masters, 
we aren't allowed on on the range um, the way we are everywhere else. Just it's it's they it's it's the most pristine presentation of a tournament, both from what people see at home and what the pros experience from the time they get through the gates till the time that they walk to the range where nobody is to the time that they walk to the tee. And there's a, there's an appreciation and I think a respect there that that's just different. People know how they're meant to act and they act, they act accordingly. So yeah, I think it's, it's, I think this one though, Ryan represented something totally different just because you saw him shoot 78, 78 on the weekend and walk off with that smile and keep talking about being thankful. This was totally different. Um, and he's let us in a little bit about what the injury was and what the rehab was, but only he knows how difficult it was to even be out there uh, and just to be in the arena again and to talk about how thankful he was even after he had a weekend that by his standards used would have made him furious in the past. Like, well, who gives a shit? I, I played. I got to play. And I think this week was the perfect week for him to try to see what he had. It was really good for a day. And he knows what he has to do to make it good enough for four days. Will it ever be again? I don't know. But uh, but this was this is the place to to come back because of what we just talked about. So last golf thing here. I'm going to talk about some other things. But the limp when he's leaving 18 on the fourth day, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Right. I mean, it it looked that bad. But then I watched the interviews and he gave the sense of like, yeah, this is where I'm at now. But it actually is going to be better. I don't know if you got a chance to talk to him. I know you're tight with his very tight circle. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people in his circle. But were you able to? to get anything from kind of like where he's at and, and what part of the comeback this is, or if this was just kind of, it doesn't feel like a one-off, like, yeah, I'm just going to play the masters. We'll see what happens. Like he's no, so, sort of, I mean, I, I haven't said, so how bad is it? I, I don't know that. And honestly, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask unless he and I were sitting down and it was like, so what is, what are we talking about here? But I, I know, I knew beforehand that he was going to do what he, whatever he had to do to try because he wanted to try. Which I thought, right on. That's great. Go do. You know, let's see. Let's see what it is. And I know that just from a management of the just, it's ice baths and it's trying to reduce swelling and it's trying to get yourself sort of all right. This is going to suck for a long time tomorrow because it's a long walk and it's going to hurt most of the day. But let's try to manage that just to see, uh, with the belief, like you just said, that he can, as he told, um, uh, as he told the. I think it was Amanda um, from CBS, Valiona's, uh, she got married. I can't remember her new last name, but I'd try to, I'd say it if I could. Amanda, uh, who's awesome. He told her like, I'm going to get back in the gym and do work between now and the next time you see me so that it's better next time. And that's sort of how the guy has been wired forever competitively. So um, I don't know. I don't know uh, exactly how bad it hurt other than that it hurt a lot. And I'm, I and others that, have known him pretty well. We're, we're legitimately shocked that he did it because a month ago I wouldn't have thought there was any chance and um, pleasant surprise. But I mean, in the end, you know, it's cool that the story when it's over is the guy who showed up number one, who's a 25 year old, who's now won four or six. Like Scotty Scheffler's the headline at the end because he's, you know, he's got a gear and and he he lived up to what the ranking said he was, which was that was cool to see. Obviously, also, let's talk NBA. Yep. Who's kind of like your guy now? Because I know it was Durant. Maybe is it still Durant? But you had a love and appreciation for Durant. I could tell like he was your favorite player over everybody else. Even if I didn't necessarily know the position he played, Ryan? That was... (laughs) 
<laughs> that was not what I was trying to do. We're going to say no, no, but I, I, I'll right. listen. I, you know, I, I, anyway, yeah, no, I, Durant still, I love him. Um, I just love that he truly doesn't give up. I mean, it's like he's, he's about whatever. I'll go give you 50. I'll fire at you on Twitter. I don't care. Don't tell me what to do. I'll do what I want to do. I, I, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, I told you last time, Jaws, the guy now who just is a, is a mind blower, um, just has a, plays with a joy and he's fearless too. I mean, I think this is a really interesting postseason for him and that team to see. To, I want to know what they are. I mean, they show they're really good in the regular season and they played people, they played people in their weight class and they beat them. They played people on short rest. They'd beat them. They'd play people without jaw. They'd beat them. I mean, I feel like they, there wasn't a question they didn't answer, but now the question is, all right, well, how long are you going to stick around? Right. That that's ultimately all that matters because being good in February, it doesn't matter as much as being good in May and June. Um, so I think Ja and that team are, are the team that I've, I'm fascinated by legitimately because I don't know. Um, I love Giannis. I, I don't know what it is with him. And I feel like you, you and Bill have co- covered this quite a bit when you talk MVP and the sort of who is it. You can make cases for, you know, a, a group. I get it. I just when you see Giannis like going to Brooklyn and just whatever the numbers are, it's 40 and a lot and a lot. And you just, at the end of it, he goes and tells a silly joke with a smile. And I just like, I don't know what else you want him to be. And if he's not enough, what do you want? I I just, he's everything sports are supposed to be. He's great. He seems like he gets it. Uh, He, he won the chip. He's won the individual. I mean, I want to see what Giannis does for an encore. I want to stay on this, the personality thing, because I think this is really interesting. And Scott's too humble to admit it, but NBA guys fucking love Scott, all right? And you have him on the show all the time. They've been watching you for 20-something years. I've been in rooms with Scott where I've seen the biggest NBA dudes go up and say hi to Van Pelt, all right? And that's just that's just the way it is. And it's a really cool part of your career and your personality that you've been able to kind of like be yourself and still have people appreciate you. You know what I mean? Like that's that's why I want to transition that into Durant and Giannis. Durant, this is what I love about Durant, is that I think I know exactly who he is. I know exactly who he is. And it's not mm-hmm. always perfect because like when people want to clown him for, for stuff from the past, like having a burner, yeah, I know that sucks. But then he was like, yeah, I had a burner. He's like, I also drink beer and I DM girls. Like, what's up? Exactly. I, do, I do the same shit that everybody else. Like every time Durant talks, I feel like that's exactly the guy. Like it's, I know that's who he is. And he'd be the best because I think he's he's real in the sense of like there's other athletes. I know I'm not getting the mm-hmm. the the real look at them. I know I'm mm-hmm. getting some manufactured crafted thing, which to me is a way worse turnoff than maybe just be somebody being a dick. And I always think it's funny, too, like when the Durant MySpace profile shows up, which I think people now have enjoyed because they find it endearing. That he's this high school kid being like. Hey, hit my boy. Like if you, if you're a girl and you want to chill and he's got like his Nats hat on and even he tweeted it out recently, but like anybody that would, would make fun of that. I'm thinking like, Oh, so you're the guy that was cool all the time. (laughs) Oh, you're, you're the guy that's never done anything. Like you've been cool no matter what you did at a very early age young, like all of us have done shit where you just go out. I'd like to have that one back or that wasn't the coolest conversation. Why did I say that? And all these different things. And Durant's going, yeah, I'm, I'm in the spotlight. And I have things that you can knock me for. And the Warriors part of it, I can understand some fan bases being like, hey, that sucks. You never. But from just a personality standpoint, mm-hmm. 
I think I'm always getting exactly who he is. And not only do I love his game and and who he'll be historically as a scoring forward, that's the part where I think he's winning maybe more than he realizes. But he's just he's just paying attention to, you know, I think there are moments t- at times too when he's paying attention to the hate, which is really hard to avoid every single day when you're getting it. I would think, I mean, hell, we used to have a segment, you know, with the the, the idiots on Twitter and, and me. And then, and I think we've covered this on on this podcast just about you have to learn to be to to tune it out and learn not to just internalize it and learn not to go back because there's just nothing to be gained. But I think there's also there's also something that's admirable about legitimately not giving a fuck and saying to you, I mean, LeBron got crushed when he did that. I wake up and I'm me and I have my life and you have your life. People crushed him for that. But you know what? That's real too because he is him and he's earned that space. And you want to fire at me and tell me I suck and I'm this and that. Well, okay, but I still get to, I still get to live this life. And I feel like Durant is just approaching those moments more just from just sort of a regular person's viewpoint, right? Like, man, shut the, you know what I mean? Right. Enough, enough. And I don't know, so much of so much of this life now is that nothing's ever enough. And that's sort of what I'm getting at with Giannis, that I, I don't know what it is people want. And sure, you can fire on Durant and talk about uh, the Golden State bit if you like, and, and people did. Um, he, he just feels like he's a guy like, He's a guy that's genuinely on a journey and just sort of trying to figure it all out in real time, understanding that I might misstep according to you, but it, it worked for me. And then here's where I'm at now and we'll see, right? I, I, I appreciate that because I think it's not unlike a lot of people uh, in whatever it is they're trying to do in life. None of it's meant to be perfect because it isn't. And you don't have to act like it is. The Giannis part of it, he seems to like being an NBA superstar, which is actually rare. And we've touched on this in the past where, you know, the access to hate is unlike any other generation. They get to see how much everybody hates them all the time. Uh, I have brought this point up before. If you looked at probably seven or eight of the top 10 NBA players, they all had ad campaigns kind of built around them answering all the doubters. Like it became a marketing thing for so many different guys. So all of you are miserable. And it does seem like, and even Adam Silver said, they're just so unhappy generalizing the response that he gets from players and whether it's a guy forcing his way out the new nba world that we're living in the last 10 years Giannis appears to be the opposite of that that yes he's happy which is is it rare i i I mean i think most of these guys lives are just fine uh if you just immerse yourself in in if, if this is what you do come out and and i'm looking down at my phone and and I, I work with a guy who jokes, not a joke, he said social media is not the place to go for positive reinforcement. Uh, it, but if that's the space that you live in, and particularly, say, these guys come out so young, it's just that's the world everyone lives in already. Um, so it isn't, it's not unusual to, to let that bleed into your, your mentals, right? Whereas Giannis, on the other hand, is just, I stayed in Milwaukee. We won a title and I went and bought a 50 piece and, you know, like the, the scene of him at Chick-fil-A last year, the day after, and it was just so relatable, you know, that he just went out into the, into his community and was happy. And I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like people try to, they try to poke holes in anything and anybody. And, you know, in Chris Paul's case, what is it? Well, he didn't, he hasn't done that, that one last thing. 
Um, and when you, when you have that thing that we can say you haven't done, that's what we do. We frame you based on what you haven't done as opposed to what you have done. That's just the most, that's the default position, coaches, players, whatever. Well, now Giannis, there's nothing he hasn't done. So what is it you don't like now? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it's as the volumes is loud on that. Cause I don't know what, like, what would be the critique? You tell me you, you follow the league way, way, way closer than I do. And what's the, what's the knock? What, what's the problem with this guy? I've been guilty of, you know, when I say, well, look, if, if you're talking about Durant versus Giannis, I mean, certainly if you were saying, who would you rather build a team around, you build it around Giannis because the health isn't an issue the way it's Durant. He's younger, too, on top of everything else. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to even try to win that argument. I don't want to win that argument. I mm-hmm. still feel like there are moments when I look at Durant's offensive arsenal where I go, okay, wait, I'm supposed to think Giannis is better than this guy? But then Giannis, not not in a specific situation, not in a we're down two and there's eight on the shot clock. We're inbounding. I want to get it to seven. Right. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. But then I'll also have moments where I felt like I was almost ready to vote Giannis MVP because I was watching a few of those weeks when they're going up against the better teams. And I'm like, this guy is insane. Where I also felt like prior to last year, like, okay, left block, you're going to hold it. I still don't like when I'm looking at you being in that position versus Durant being in that position. Clearly, Durant has four more options. No doubt. The, the thing that I've always loved about Giannis, and look, Durant's got this too, but remember when Philly, when, when Simmons was playing, like there would be times where Giannis would be like, oh, wait, like this is like we're all in the conversation of, of supposedly being the same tier. Well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go right at you. I'm going to go right at you. And, and Joel will get him sometimes, and Giannis would get him sometimes. There's other players that would go, I don't want to lose this one transaction to then have everybody now downgrade me. And Giannis doesn't play the game that way, where I think some other stars are so worried about, you know, guys won't contest at the rim because they don't want to have the screenshot of them getting dunked on as if all of a sudden your career's over. Although Yaka Perta looked like he may have wanted to retire at one point at the end of this year. But um, that's the thing. You know what Jared Allen told me when he came on this year? Because I said, I said, you will, you get got plenty but you jump with guys and i love that and you know what he said to me he laughed he goes yeah but you know what either way i'm going to be on a sport i'm going to be on sports center it's a highlight i just admired the fact that he was that he said i might win i might lose but i'm jumping like remember when when deandre got night and it was it was as if the worst thing that he could have done was tried and god that pissed me off i get it. it you get it he got crushed okay yes that happened but then it's ah look at you you tried. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it, that's what the meme should be. You dumbass, don't try. Okay, then I can sit over here and it's the whole man, Roosevelt man in the arena, right? I mean, it's, you know, I'm not, my place will not be with the cold and timid souls who n- knew neither victory nor defeat. That's too long to put on a meme. But, you know, you jump with a guy, sometimes you get dunked on. And that, I love what, the way you said that. You don't lose that transaction. Because if you, if you do, so what? You know, next play. I, I'll I'll post you up on the on the on the other end next time. Um, I, it's I just I think that the, the the MVP conversation is really interesting at the moment. I get that people. It's and it's happened with with Jokic where it's the anti math. I mean, for for the longest time, you were an idiot if you didn't use sort of the advanced analytics to to, to further your understanding. But then, well, are are these numbers in Jokic's case actually? Overinflated, or do they in, do they do they tell you he's something he really isn't? And I'm thinking, but just watch him play. You know, let trust your eyes when you watch him play. Take take the numbers out. And just how does the guy impact the game? And then Embiid is just an absolute monster. 
that, that whole conversation has been fun to me. I, I think the fact that LeBron and the Lakers and the Nets both enter as favorites and then one of them doesn't make it and the other's, you know, on the verge of not being part of it. And in a way, it's, it's losing the Lakers and LeBron is never good from an eyeball standpoint, but from a storyline perspective, I, I think the playoffs begin with um, a long list of really interesting possible outcomes. And that's, that's what you want for your league, isn't it? It's wide open and it's also loaded. The reason that it's also wide open is we're loaded at the top of talent. I mean, there's so many nights when I was going through all the NBA stuff. And as you know, we were texting about having a vote this year. And you want to talk about worried about screwing up uh, Kevin Durant's small forward draft. Like when, when you're actually voting for stuff that really matters and the amount of times I would go over it and over it and over it. And I'm like, okay, you know, don't have that moment. And there's still a couple things that I don't love about my final vote. There just are. Right. I, I, where are you? Where, what do you do with Booker? How do you view Booker amongst the? I mean, we're, we're we're talking tiers. We're talking how good. I'm not saying he's an MVP, but I just, I, I'm I just love Booker because everything he does looks like it's easy, and uh, he scores five different ways. It feels like I just is he as good as I think he is in your opinion? I thought it got a little out of control last year when, and I, I think I don't know if it was Stephen A. But then even Bill said it this past sun, Sunday where it's like, it reminds you of Kobe a little bit. And you're like, all right, well, first of all, it just let's relax. Even if he stops in that triple threat kind of elbow and he can just go straight up from a stop, you know, like he can stop and hold and, and jab at you. And then you don't know what he's going to do. And he's shaking and the ball hasn't even touched the ground. He just goes up and he makes that shot. Mm-hmm. And that, that at least image wise, like, oh, okay. All right. I see what you're doing here. Um, because I think whoever's winning in the playoffs is a really good player. I put him fifth for MVP. I okay. think Tatum probably had a better profile resume than Booker did, but I feel mm-hmm. like Phoenix was just so much better than everybody. Some of the, like just I wanted to do kind of a guy on this team and Paul missing that time, and they still had a decent record with Paul out, which I was obviously worried about there. So I think Booker's probably got eight or nine guys in front of him. Um, yeah, but which which isn't bad. I just thought like whatever happens if Phoenix goes ahead and wins, say Phoenix wins this and Booker puts up numbers, Finals MVP, people are going to start talking about him being top five when no one has talked about him being top five all season long because those are the rules. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going to happen. I, I like him a Fair lot enough. too. I just I've always kind of liked Mitchell a little bit more because I thought Mitchell could do a few more things. And mm-hmm. before Chris Paul got to Phoenix, Booker hadn't even been in the playoffs. Mitchell had. But it's a tougher argument to win now as Booker just seems steadier because Mitchell will have, as much as I love the dynamic part of his game, Mitchell will have some stuff at the end where it looks like it's completely out of control. And I don't think Booker ever does that. That's Not I mean. ever, but, you know. No, and I get it. I, I just, the, the, the playoff piece, I get why you hold, you know, he hadn't been in the playoffs, which is why people wondered, what, what, what are you going to be? You've never been there. And then there they are in the finals. So, I mean. You know, and then they, I thought as consistent as they were this year, that that impressed me. They just seemed to not take nights off. And even if they had, even if it was bad through the half, then they'd, they'd step on you in the third quarter, just and just decide to win. I don't know that they they just from from the from November until now they've impressed me a lot. Yeah, without I can't wait. I cannot wait, and that's why this is going to be so much fun because it's not super predictable. Even though when it was predictable, it was Golden State and Cleveland. We all couldn't wait to see that. All right, do you have a pen? We have two more things we're going to ask of you of your time yep. here. Yep. We didn't do this because you brought up the Kevin Durant draft. We're going to do a draft right now. Oh, I'm good at these, everybody. Okay, so pull up the NBA standings page on ESPN.com. I know you're a company guy. Sure. All right. You doing up fronts again soon? I don't know. When's the upfront season happen? 
I don't know. I, I got to save my trip to New York for the Emmys because I got nominated again. No big deal. Oh, you did? For what? I don't know. Whatever it is I do. Best digital short? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, okay. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Um, it's one of those things. It's like this. Oh, the people in the business. Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. But if you put it. Who cares? Uh, Are you serious? I Win it. Want to win it. Be mad be, when you don't. All those things are true. Yes, I have the standings up. What, what okay. can I do? All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to draft NBA sixth men. Ten rounds. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, by the way, I would, I would be like, I'm not doing that. Uh, let's do this. We're just yep. drafting teams. We're just drafting playoff teams. And we'll see who has. We'll come up with a point structure. We'll see who wins. And then we'll never check on this again. Just like it. a show tradition. All right. And then, and then when it's over, everybody that listens to this will immediately tweet to you that you won. And that I'm, I'm terrible, which is how they normally went. Yeah, but I think you ended up winning them more than I did. I always but, loved my but, draft, and then you won more than I won. But we wouldn't go back and check because it was Ever. just it, it was only content initially, never content when we was time to grade the paper, which is fine. All right, yeah, what are we I, doing? Just I won more drafts. You won the results. <laughs> so, so that's right. really what matters. There All you right, go. you get to go first. And the other thing we'd always have texted to us was that it's a snake draft. It doesn't need to be a snake draft when it's two people. Uh, you're right. the guest. You get to pick first. I think there's a very obvious one, and we'll we'll, right. uh, we'll run through this. All right, New York Knicks. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Bing bong. Can we just go back to how happy New York City was when they beat Boston on opening night, and there was that that whole thing went viral, and it was great. It was so cool to see him excited and Bing bong, and then like you're 37, 45. What? What? People being like Tom Brady, you owe me some money. <laughs> that one guy I'm was like, like ah, bing bong. I mean, I who didn't love it? It was funny. But then it, it, you, when you create the meme that can be used in your own sort of uh, as your own punchline, that's not great. Um, all right. So you think there's an obvious one? So I'll, I'll just say I'll take Phoenix because they've been Phoenix all year. Yes, I, I would think that would be the obvious one. Yep. OK, I'll take the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, that, that's I feel like that's who I like best in the East. I'm not taking another West team. Um, Ever? I mean, eventually. Don't, don't reveal your board too much to the other GMs. I'll take Miami. Okay. I'll take Memphis then. I'm going to take Golden State. I'll take Boston. Now, I mean, who, who, who else, how many teams left can win? That's where the draft gets tricky, Scott. Value? And, and how are we quantifying this? How far you go? I mean, none of this matters because we're not going to revisit it anyway. No, we'll do a point for first round advance, three uh -huh. points for second round advance, five points, and then, but then a bonus point for a sweep. See, what do we do? <laughs> See, here's... All right, here's I'm, I'm making it all up. No, obviously. Here's, here's, where the, here's where the... I'll just... I'll give people the director's cut version of what goes what's scott thinking right now he's shitty at doing these to begin with but what's he thinking well what i'm thinking is how early does someone take a flyer on brooklyn a team that might not even make it but if they got there given who they have feels like eh, can they pay attention and really care for seven games enough to win a series and if they do could they win it all maybe brooklyn it's a terrific pick 
And y- y- what I just said is what the thought process is, is it yeah. not? No, I think it's a terrific pick. Seventh overall. It's like getting Franz Wagner. <laughs> Print the shirts. <laughs> Brooklyn. Where Brooklyn at? Uh, let's see here. Do I do I actually take Philly? Or should I take Toronto? Or should I go give me uh give me a Luca flyer? See the calf, right? I mean, those calves are tricky. I thought that looked bad, man. Like right, because yeah. and those those things keep you out for a while. Tell me about it, especially if you have huge calves. You hurt those; it's the worst. I thought you I, you're still you're still doing legs. I I did <laughs> leg day. See, do you want Philly or do you want Toronto? I'll take Philly. Scholars have argued. I'll take Philly. All right, Philly. I I don't think that's that's wrong there. Give me. Uh, I'll just go on the other side of that. Then I'll just take Toronto. Understood. Give me Utah. Two. So that means no one's taking Denver, Minnesota, Chicago, Atlanta. Do I take Atlanta? Let me. I'll take Minnesota over Atlanta. Wait. What about the Clippers? I mean, it's worth it if you think Kawhi's coming back. I don't think he is. I'm taking it just because if he wandered in someday just in a hoodie and just stumped, you know, walked in and just put on a jersey and went out there and checked in, would it surprise anybody? I no, and, 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 I and me, me saying I don't think he's playing, and then if tomorrow they said he's playing, then I'd be like, okay, yeah. Like, if he plays, I'm not going to be surprised either. Nothing with him. The only thing that's surprising is when he actually lets you know what he's doing. I have Phoenix, Miami, Golden State, Brooklyn, Philly, Utah, and the Clippers, and I feel good about where I am. All right, so I'll take one more. We'll end it with, uh, I mean, Chicago is just. How many, you, you, how, many, how many wins against top teams do they have all year? And they have to no. get four in a row? No. Well, no. not in a row, but in, in seven? All right, last pick. I'll actually take Atlanta's a better pick than, uh, than Chicago is. So there you go. All right, our draft, we went. Seven teams deep. Sixth men of the year. Top ten sixth men. <laughs> and we'll we'll tweet that out. Check out the show account. There you go. Ray, get on that, Ray. Uh, Ray will be emailing later. All right, so that's uh, Scott. He's going to stick around for a life advice a little bit later. This episode is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows on over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. La Quinta by Wyndham has everything you need for your next business trip. From free high-speed Wi-Fi to fitness centers to free bright side breakfast with fresh waffles, eggs, and more, book direct at LQ.com. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. You want details? Bye. I drive a Ferrari, 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house on the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. Life advice. It's lifeadvicerr at gmail.com. Maybe we'll have Van Pelt do a bonus one for us at the end. We'll see. We'll see if he's up for it. Okay, what's up? 
198. Days away from 26. Currently in a trying to dunk phase of lifting. All right. Well, if you're close and you're hanging on the rim, you can unleash that in you. It's in all of us. Well, not all of us, but just trying to be nice. Big fan of the show. Missed the Adnan Will Kane days. Hmm. I noticed Sarudi just said, hmm. What was that? Yeah, same. It was good times. <laughs> oh, wait. Kyle's going with blue eyebrows today. On the I story. found out there's yeah. a whole new settings of things. So it's just going to get crazier as it goes. I think we had a mustache last time, right? I don't remember. It's experimenting with different facial hair situations. I like it. Looks good. Thanks. Yeah. I'm in need of some advice. I work at this gym in Memphis, Tennessee. And the other day, two guys started kind of pushing and shoving. The aggressor is rocking a strong man bun. And the other guy is your typical suave looking guy. As I looked on, suave guy was <laughs> laughing and smiling. So I figured it was all good. Kind of a joke. Will Smith, Chris Rock vibes. But then it's very clear that there is a problem and man bun is pissed when a coworker approaches to see what the problem is. Man bun and suave guy try to explain after about 30 seconds of explanations, man bun swim moves around coworker breaks contained to the left and swings and connects on three to four full punches near suave guys face chest area. Coworker wraps up man bun and throws him out while suave guy just gathers himself, grabs his stuff and looks bewildered. Suave guy stopped working out. I know whose side I'm taking. This is where things get a little dicey. There are rumors that the two guys involved had a run-in several months ago in a non-gym environment that was the cause of this <laughs> dust-up. All right. But I've also heard that Suave Guy, not Man Bun Guy, Suave Guy was allegedly taking pictures of Man Bun's girlfriend while she was working out. Oh. Psychopath-type shit. Some dudes with phones are the worst. All right. Uh, my dilemma is essentially this. I'm looking for advice on what to tell the people in charge when it comes down to deciding which of these guys we're kicking out, banning, suspending from the gym. I don't want some unhinged maniac who's fighting dudes in the gym, but for obvious reasons, we can't have some horn dog in there creepily taking videos of women. I'm 100% on man button side if the pictures taking thing is true. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Not only is it just a totally weird vibe, but it's also predatory. Uh, this girl was lucky she had man bun to kind of have her back. But if a woman was in there and she doesn't have that kind of support, I'd imagine that can be extremely traumatizing. That being said, I truly don't know if Suave Guy was taking these pictures looking for some justice from the boys. All right. I don't know how you find out if it's true or not. I think you go through Suave Guy's uh, social media stuff and kind of figure out what this guy's deal is. You know? Is he following? Is he following like only high school girls on TikTok. All right. Well, that yeah. might be a clue. Uh, is he posting videos that seem like this is some Russian girls conglomerate where you're like, what, where, where, where are your meals and dog photos, bro? <laughs> like, yeah. What? <laughs> so are all of his tweets only liked by porn bots? Right, right. How <laughs> horny is this guy? <laughs> I, I, I think that's how you start the investigation. Um, I, you know, is it out of the, possibility to call up man bun guy and find out what's really real and then if he says yes he was taking videos and then you could call man bun's girl non man bun female in the scenario and then get her side of it the problem is from a um liability standpoint the gym as a business is probably gonna go i none of that matters it only matters that that guy swung at another member and that's what's gonna happen I would like to do an aside here on just suave guys in the gym in general. What's your fucking deal, guys? <laughs> what 
Wait, what is, I need a definition. Yeah, what, what, me what, too. Like too well kept. Like this hair. Sometimes gel the outfit gym? matches too much. Like I don't know. Like what's what, is he wearing cologne at the gym? I don't like. What are we talking about? Cologne at the gym is the worst. And if you pour it on before you go in and you're listening to this right now, stop doing it because you're messing up everybody else's pump. I'm convinced, and Men's Health needs to do an article on this. There's a couple swab guys we got at our spot. And there's one guy that when I'm I'm going from like bench, if I'm on dumbbells or something, and if he's in the area, and he seems like a nice guy, I've never talked to him, but I just know he reeks of cologne. And so if I get a good whiff on my way back to the bench with a couple dumbbells in my hands, I'm gonna down down ten to fifteen percent strength. Wow! Immediately, it's like it's like kryptonite. It's like, yeah, it's a whiff of kryptonite. <laughs> you know, this guy will be banging out like just tricep pull downs and then it's just i get a waft of uh isi miyaki and i'm just like oh my god what dude and it just it wrecks me it wrecks me i gotta like so i hold my breath when i walk past him because i know i'm gonna lose strength and i actually did talk to one of the trainers about it i go have you ever noticed that when you inhale a ton of dude at the gym that it just that next gotta be a better way to say that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that what taking it for the dudes is right there Yes. No, <laughs> is that the That's definition not. of taking it for the dudes? There should be a waiting to exhale sequel where it's just guys trying to hold their breath at the gym around swab guys. But yeah, then the swab guy will like wear, like they they almost want to wear the opposite of what you're supposed to wear at the gym too. And then any female you end up talking to at the gym, if you do that sort of thing, which is not really my uh, my intention when I'm there, but I was going to say it's never happened. Um, you would, they always have a story like, oh, you know, Tony, no offense to the Italians, I guess I can say it, but like, oh yeah, Tony, yeah, I know him, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, and then every, every female there knows him too. So yeah. I think the suave guy, he doesn't take notes. He's not afraid of five minutes in between sets. I just think those guys in general. So I, you have a real dilemma though here, because it sounds like if all of this is true, we, none of us like suave guy in this email. But I can't imagine a business is going to be like, no, it's totally cool that this guy gets to come back. Um, so you're kind of you're kind of jammed here, even if Man Bun had every right to to punch this other dude. Yeah, I think the question is, is it going to be both of them, or is it just the guy who swung that that's yeah getting kicked out? And you and I don't know I don't know how you find out. And I'm not like uh, I'm not trying to insinuate she's lying, but sometimes people are like. You know, it's like, excuse me, you just dropped something. Or it's like, what would you would you say something to a woman like that that you don't know? It's like, excuse me. And he's like, I have a boyfriend. It's like, oh, I'm just trying to say you dropped your fucking book or something. Like, I don't like and maybe it was something like I mean, there's only so many places to look. And I could I guess that like if you're holding up your phone like this, like I guess that could be that that could be picture taking. It's just it's so hard nowadays, especially that like you don't need a camera to take weird pictures. Like it's just it's hard to decide. So I really don't know how you would find out. I guess maybe you should try to talk to the girl. I mean, because oh, right now he's just saying he's going off a rumor and like where, like what's the rumor? Like how how did you find that? It? It's like a lot of people are like, yeah, that guy's fucking crazy. I wish somebody would do something. Or was that just like, you know, so out of the corner of her eye, she was wondering if this guy was taking a picture of her at somewhere, you know. I don't know. It's hard to find out. But basically, I think you just have to figure out whether it's both them or just the uh, just the guy who's assaulting people. If it's if it's he said, he said, or he said, she said, whatever you want to do it, 
it's going to be tough to prove that. And you are the one that physically assaulted, or I shouldn't say you, man bun guy is the one who physically assaulted somebody else. My question is, is this a is this a conglomerate gym? Is it a local gym? Like, does he have any say with the owner? Because obviously, if it's like an LA Fitness, there's probably rules and protocols. When it's a mom and pop shop, it's, you know, things are a little bit more, you know, touch and go. So I don't know, like maybe, and here's the thing too, is if word gets around that Suave guy actually was doing this, his his brand is completely ruined. He might have to find a new gym anyway. anyway. So he might be out. So both these guys might be out anyway. Um, but I guess you'd have to first and foremost find out, are there actual pictures? And if there aren't, then man bun guy's probably screwed. Yeah. And by the way, like the level of proof that you would actually need, it's not like you're going to get to see this guy's phone. He's never going to admit yeah. it. Um, so you're never going to get the certainty that you would need to back man bun guy. Uh, and by the way, Saruti, great point, because if it's a chain, they're definitely not letting this guy stay. It doesn't matter. It's over. You punch somebody else at the gym. I swear to God, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone punch anyone else at the gym. I don't think so either. I've seen not guys even like it. Not even like pick up hoops at the Y. No. Oh no, I've seen. Eh, actually, yeah, actually, wait a minute. Not that's, not at the. It's like a different part. Bar. It's like yeah, a different right. part yeah, of the that's gym. Fair. Yeah, right. Guys lifting, getting chesty every now and then. It doesn't really happen as often as you might think. Um, I've seen that part of it, but full blown punches thrown. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen it. Now that I think no. about it, basketball. Yes, I've seen guys throw punches at each other. It happens. happens. Good luck to Man Bun Guy, though. All his life. So seems like a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, I like the email. <laughs> I think the emailer was the coolest out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing there, Sir Rudy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was a little late on that one. It's all right. Do we do a quick? We're having some rulings being sent in here. I like. I like the ruling. Let's yeah, let's let's do a ruling here. Judge Rosillo. Can we get a sound effect? Kyle. Gavel. Yeah, we're on a fucking roll today. Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effect Tuesdays. <laughs> that shit would be amazing. Kyle All just right. finds every spot to put unnecessary sound effects in on one episode a week. I like that. It's a great idea. Yeah, I was talking to I was talking to our promotional people and I just felt like we just need sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like fun. during your fight story. Right. Like he just throws in like the Marvel punch sound effect. <laughs> Police alarms and <laughs> yeah. bells going off. I was addicted to the the Wu Tang Killer Bees sound effect. I love that thing. We used to drop it in between different segments that we would do. But the thing is, back then in radio, I just had a little touch screen where I could just, you know, go ahead and hit it. Everybody seemed to enjoy it because the people that didn't know what I was doing, they didn't even know what it was. So they didn't, they're like, what the hell is that? Nah, it just sounded cool. <laughs> What's that buzzing sound? All right. So here's the, the quick ruling, and then we'll do one more life advice after this, hopefully with Scott. By the way, we're doing this not knowing if he's going to say yes to it. He will say yes to it, I assume. So that's why we're doing this in a very weird way. Um, and good man bun joke, Saruti. Did Thanks. not give that enough credit. Just want to acknowledge for the record. Can you get a sound effect of maybe accounting? Something Jesus like that? Christ. Just, <laughs> not today. All right, ruling on a bet 44, 510, 170, 265 bench. Great. Can do, can easily do sets of 10 kip ups. No one cares about that. Back in 2008, while we were in grad school, oh, must be nice. My Yankee loving friend and fellow diehard baseball fan and I were arguing about the merits of Manny Ramirez being a first ballot Hall of Famer. I said he was obviously a first ballot guy. My friend said, no chance. Okay, but this was before his PED usage came out. I figured he was just being a hater, so I said, I'll bet you a thousand bucks he gets in a first ballot. Done. Fast forward a year or so, and Manny pops the first time 
uh, yeah. And then he then he kept popping. Right. Question: Am I on the hook for a thousand, or did Manny void the bet? Did Manny being Manny screw me out of a grand? We defer to you three legends for the final verdict. First of all, you were right. Oh, he sent in a picture with, with a shirt off. We're not nice. we're not asking for this. <laughs> Trust us to all future life advice emailers. You look great, man. This guy looks really good. He's got some wild, wild art going on. That's some. That's some. I don't know what the hell that tattoo is. Is it a dragon? Is the nipple an eye? I don't know. It's pretty intense. Oh but again, just for the record, the podcast position is we are not asking for people to send in pictures of themselves with their shirt off. Uh, I think you're out of grand, and it sucks because you were right. He was definitely he's one of the greatest hitters that we've ever seen. First of all, so we could get into Hall of Fame voting being a little weird and, and guys not making the cut. Manny was that dude. I mean, he was unbelievable, and he had the playoff resume with it too. So i I think you would have won, but you didn't put any qualifiers in there, and now he's definitely not going to be first ballot. So yeah, I think you're out a thousand bucks, which sucks because your friend was wrong, but. You know, sometimes life, life happens. I kind of feel like if your buddy actually asked for the thousand bucks in that situation, he's not actually your buddy though. So maybe you've, you realize who your real friends are. I just say quiet up about it. See what the fuck happens. <laughs> yes. There you go. Don't bring it. <laughs> just hush it. up about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't send yourself an invoice. Okay. Van Pelt's going to stick around for one life advice here because it is golf related. Here we go. 510-169, strictly cardio. We have a friend, we'll call him Connor. Feel free to, uh, it's a fake name. All right. He's adamant that he could beat Gary Player in golf. Uh, and seeing Player as an honorary starter at the Masters rekindled this ongoing debate. Connor's 30, a shaky eight handicap. What does that, what's that mean, shaky in golf? golf? That means you probably have a handicap that is... 12? Well, you're based on, it's probably an eight at a course that isn't great so that if you if you try to take that game someplace that's a really good course you wouldn't be able to be an eight isn't there also something weird because i remember the one summer i was a member somewhere williston country club shout out uh there was a bunch of guys that we golfed with that were really good and they'd go in they they entered their scores for their handicap and the guy played like shit that day and he was a single digit handicap and he was like well no i don't put it in and i was like wait what he goes, you actually don't put it in when you're awful. When it's so outside of how you actually play, you're told not to put it in to calculate your handicap. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And the other golf people were like, it is actually the way you do it. Can you confirm that 20 years later? I, there, it's, to me, if you play, put your score in because your score is your score. And if you're not putting in the scores when you play like crap, then just to keep like a, just to keep a, a, an ego handicap. So you can tell people, yeah, I'm a seven. And you just shot 95. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't, I can't put that in. You can't put that in. That's just what you shot. Put your score in. And then the, the worst is the guy who's a 12 that shoots 78. that says, well, I, I, I don't normally play that well. I can't put that in. Well, that's what you shot. Put it in. You're, you're actually, your handicap's lower and you're wor- that, That's, it's way worse to be considered a sandbagger. And, and we have a buddy that plays. I think I think he just is a touring pro because I don't know what he does besides that. He only plays golf and then won't put his score in because it's too low. Well, turn your score in because he's always trying to get strokes from guys. Yeah, come on, don't be a don't be a 
handicapped bozo, put your number in. Just as an aside, yep. I want to let the audience know we want zero follow-up emails on handicap debates. Yeah. We appreciate you listening. We're going to read zero of those ever. It, so just a heads up. Uh, but this, this, is isn't, this isn't no, about handicap. No, this is about a guy who says he can beat Gary Player. Right. Because Gary's eighty six. A shaky eight at the old home course. Winner rules. Um, <laughs> he says he has his good days, but he's just as likely to shoot in the nineties as he is in the low eighties. Gary Player, winner of nine major championships, might be eighty six years old, but is often considered to be in incredibly great shape. If not only for someone his age, but in general, yes, this is understood. He came by to visit us. He talked about crunches, and uh, he was not afraid to say that old Gary Player is. Uh, I don't think he said freak in the sheets, but he's not afraid of talking about sex with guys. Hey, now, I, Gary and I have never talked about that. But he did once. A little youngster came up to Gary and said something. Hey, I want to be like you. And he said, you want to be a champion, son? And he said, yes. And he said, you're a champion eater. You're fat. <laughs> so he said to a little guy, it was. That's it was not more- actually. Yeah, that's not cool anymore, but I laughed well, at that. I mean, I, he, yeah. he, right, I'm just, I'm just saying what he said because he he's very passionate about fitness and he's upset with if you're not someone who is, takes fitness seriously. When no, he said me. something to me. He's like, you, you're big, Ryan, but you, you're not fit. <laughs> he got down to put the ball in this year to hit the first uh, the ceremonial tee shot and somebody asked about, oh, are you going to do a push-up? He said, I did 10 push-ups before you were awake. He's, he's, he would crush this guy because he would just get in his head. He would get in his head and start talking about fitness. And then he just, he's won nine majors. I had this argument with Booger McFarlane all the time because Booger's a passionate player. He's like, that man is 137 years old. He can't beat me. I get it. And Booger's, Booger's a good player, but it's the same argument. He's won nine majors. He, he's, he's not going to shoot 72, but he's not going to shoot 90. And shaky eight Chris or excuse me, shaky eight Connor, that's a possibility. And now he's freaked out because he's playing against Gary Player, who's heckling him because he doesn't, you know, you're about everything. Well, let's get more on Connor because this is good. This all plays into it. So uh, we're sending a link here from the, I don't know, his his routine. We already know, a thousand mixed crunches. We're, we're aware of all this stuff. So we're sharing for everybody else as well. So uh, back to Connor, shaky eight. Uh, the emailer says that Connor's fitness is average at best, consisting of weekly golf from spring to fall, always riding in a cart, and weekly church league basketball 12 weeks out of the year. Connor's argument is that given Gary Player's advanced age, if they played an 18-hole match in the back tees and they had a walk, that his younger age is too much of an advantage for Player to overcome. Our argument is that Connor, who doesn't hit the ball farther than an average eight handicap, would lose in embarrassing fashion because Player would hit every ball in the fairway, make all of his putts, um, as members of the World Golf Hall of Fame are known to do. Lastly, one of Gary Player's sponsors is Golf Saudi, and I don't know if Connor wants to go, all right, wait a minute. Yeah, we're not even sure. We want to read the rest of that line here on the email. So I think I already know where you're going with this one, but he thinks he's going to be able to outwalk this 86-year-old guy who is a fucking human hummingbird. <laughs> Gary Player could walk from Los Angeles to San Diego and back. And do, skip rope the entire way down there, and he, he wouldn't be sweating so much. He's just he'd look like he'd be glazed, just in a, in a glorious sort of hum, as hummingbirds would be. You're not. He's fit. He's a he's a major champion player. He's just mentally wired to beat Connor. I mean, he 
played Jack Nicholas. He stared down Arnold Palmer. I get that it was a long time ago, but he's not in the business of waking up and losing to Connor in your church league basketball fitness. It's just not happening. I don't think much more needs to be said. The, the end. It's over. All right. Last thing. How close are you to a new hobby? I'm open for suggestions. What, what, what would you suggest? Something that's not dangerous. Yeah. I'm You're old. not a danger guy, right? I mean, I'm old and could get hurt. What about a boating license? A what? Like a boating license. Get a boat. You're doing all right. Nobody wants a boat. I don't need a boat. You, you need a friend with a boat so you can say, hey, let's go out on your boat. I don't want a boat. I can deal with all that hassle. I got time for that. What about I mean, spelunking? See, I'm very frightened about close spaces. I'm one. I, I've never shared this with you, Ryan, but one of my great fears would be that I died in a cave in a very tight space, just thinking, God, I wish I could get out of this. Isn't spelunking where you like go looking around in caves and such? I don't think they always have to be coffin-shaped caves, but there's probably some dicey moments. When I was Sub a pledge, they made us do that. No, it sir. Was, it was awful. It was it was bad. I um, subterranean I exploration. No, thank you. No, we had to go through this cave. They sent us all through twenty of us at the same time. Granted, all twenty of us were really cool. It wasn't like a big, large fish class. Pit class. They weren't trying to like make money for nationals or anything. And um, <laughs> they like it wasn't. How just many like, are you still friends with today? How many are you friends? With oh, you know what's crazy is 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 a lot of them. Okay, good. It's still it's, got a group text talking about that crazy spelunking story that Marcelo told. Yeah, there's like three guys that bring it to politics all the time, and the other 15 just tell them to fuck off. That's, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, Good. Let's yeah. Just keep, let's keep it. Let's keep it to the topics that we're all we keep us happy. Straight. I, I joke with some of them. I'm like, this is where I come from news. This is where I come for news three days ago. Yeah. There you go. Because they. Or like, yeah, but you're on social media every day. I'm like, well, I have to be for work. But like, you guys will share some thing and be like. You know yeah. what I want to do? Did you I, hear I about this Chinese lab theory? I'll be like, yeah, we did. I'm, a bunch I'm of us set. did. Yeah, I'm all set. Did. Here's what I wanted. Here's what I aspire to do between now and the next time we do this. I The next time that we do this uh, and you ask me, what's what's my hobby? I want to have I want to have one. Okay, done. I love this. Hold on. I'm, a, I'm not kidding. Right next to my note where I have my seven teams that I crushed you in that draft on. I'm just going to write hobby. That's vague, right? Like, it, I mean, it doesn't need to be, I don't need to, it doesn't need to be a physical fitness hobby. It could be any kind of hobby, right? Yeah, the best part is the beginning when you buy the stuff for it. Hobby. Hobby. All right. All right. I'm going to put that right here on my front of my computer, and it'll be staring at me in the face, and it'll be my reminder that I need to do something. How about getting a bucket with my youngster and going down to the beach and just building castles with my son? Now I'm jealous, but you know what hmm. is when I look at those, when I look at some place in Montana and I go, hey, what are you going to do? Find a place you're going to be by yourself even more. <laughs> and you go, you know what? Just like I stopped looking at the kid with a shovel. I just close out a Zillow, like back to work. Thanks to everybody. Kyle, Steve, Van Pelt, the NBA and Zillow for today's podcast. We have a huge event coming up Thursday. McShay and Daniel Jeremiah are both going to be on the pod at the same time talking NFL draft. So it's going to be awesome.